Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sean Nader's Two Top Tens. Coming at you once again. No, this was supposed to be a high energy entry or introduction. What's your function? Oh yeah, 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 oh yeah. Hi everybody. Uh welcome to Sean Nader's two top tens. Thanks for dropping in. Thanks for coming by. Thanks for taking the time out of your life To sit back and wonder why things aren't arranged in this form more Alright So anyway, uh, if you are a listener uh, of the show You noticed last week's The Van Gogh and uh, Foreign Objects The Van Gogh portion I didn't uh, end well on the uh, the Van Gogh portion, I thought. I, I miscounted my items. It turns out I only had nine. Thought I had ten. Um, mistake on my part. So uh, in a dramatic uh, um, redux, rebirth, remix, bring back, bringing it back around. We're going to just dip into that for one second. So anyway, I uh, listened to this 44-hour book on Van Gogh on Audible, which, uh, you know, basically makes me a genius at 2020. If you have the intention span to stick with something for 44 hours, you basically, you know, you're a goddamn expert on the subject. So the uh, number one Van Gogh fact, uh, Redux, Rebirth, Remix, is uh, Van Gogh did not kill himself. Popular, Popular culture lends itself to the belief that Van Gogh killed himself, but he did not. He was shot by a uh, a kid that he knew, a 16-year-old kid with a 22. They would always fuck with Van Gogh, and I think they were fucking with him. And he knew the kid's brother, who was like an artist type. And he would talk to the kid's brother, and he knew the kid too. But the kid that shot him was like some rich kid dick. And he shot Van Gogh in the fucking guts. So, there you go. Mmm. Mmm. There you go. Nice sip of water. This uh, and every episode of Sean News Two Top Tens brought to you by water. So, uh, but that's the past, man. Yeah, and we can't live in the past. We gotta, we gotta live in the future. We gotta live in the now. We gotta stand up and embrace Sean News Two Top Tens, the movie Trading Places, and. Ice cream flavors. What do you guys want to start with? Should we start with the ice cream flavors? Um, who doesn't love a nice cold cone or bowl of some nice ice cream? These are some flavors I thought of. Some are good, some are bad. Uh, ice cream dates back to the third millennium um, in ancient China. They say Marco Polo's Poke ass had something to do with ice cream, like he brought it. But uh, they also say Nero had an ice, honey, and wine kind of version. 
They, they kind of date a lot of uh, ice cream historians, date the ice cream back to Nero and, uh, and the iced wines. But there's versions all over the ancient world. And uh, here are some that I find good or gross. Gross in the case of this one here, number 10, bubblegum. Um, it's fucking disgusting, dude. It was uh, invented in 1945 by Baskin Robbins, 31 Flavors. And that's the one I remember is the 31 Flavors version. Uh, it was pink, and apparently they couldn't get another color going from the factory. So uh, that's why it was pink, and it was uh, really, uh, really gross. And I Googled, when I Googled bubblegum ice cream, there was a lot of new ones that came up that also looked really fucking gross, like multicolored, you know, and it's fucking gum. Um, I thought that maybe a nicotine gum ice cream might be good. So that was a thought I kind of had. So maybe you want to mix the two together. You're quitting smoking, so you're kind of eating more ice cream. You're also chewing the gum. Put the two together, baby. Get a cone and have a chew. Don't dip out for a smoke, you know. Um, I do remember seeing a thing as a kid, though. It was like on Washington, D.C., uh, the last, the last year as a native, me and my mom lived with uh, my aunt in Washington, D.C. for a summer. And I remember seeing on Washington, D.C. local news, there was a crazy gourmet, um, ice cream place in town and they would make any flavor. And I remember the newscaster being like, would you make tobacco flavored ice cream? And the guy was like, yeah, I guess we could do it. It might be gross. You might eat some tobacco, but, uh, that's kind of. Uh, how I kind of think the bubble gum works though, because it's like you have the ice cream which you eat and then you spit the gum out into a napkin and eat it later. Like, what the fuck? It's disgusting. So, in a strong fucking, we're gonna give the fucking. Actually, let's get another NO on fucking uh, some. Yo, yo, yo. Some bubble gum ice cream. Um, Number nine, rainbow sherbet. I guess not technically an ice cream, but I guess it's like a milky. Ice creamy thing. I think the difference is that it contains fruit juice. Uh, Rainbow sherbet was invented by a game, a guy, a game, a guy, a guy playing the game, the ice cream game, uh, named Emmanuel Garden, G O R E N Garden, in the 1950s, and uh, he invented that shit. I remember we get a uh, the big kind of uh, not quite clear, kind of like the translucent white tub of the rainbow sherbet and uh you know when i was a kid too man you put some fucking <laughs> put some chocolate syrup on that motherfucker you got a rainbow syrup <laughs> chocolate syrup fucking party time dude yes. yes for the fucking chocolate syrup number eight on ice cream flavors on chardonnay's who top turns coconut ice cream you know i i've i've gotten some uh what do you call it? The, uh, the gelatos. I got some coconut gelatos that are good. I've had some ice creams that have like a toasted coconut element to them. But I got to say, I've uh, and apparently Ben & Jerry's makes a good coconut ice cream. Um, but I'd say the, the times I've enjoyed some coconut ice cream the most are in Thai restaurants, right? Like after you fucking finish off that fucking, that spicy fucking ricey that spicy ricey you go and you fucking cool off with a nice fucking mellow bowl of fucking um coconut ice cream i'm telling you fantastic and it's also vegan <laughs> for all you fucking vegan vegan warriors out there like ronald reagan um 
number seven on the list is good old motherfucking vanilla. Uh, it was brought to America from France um, by horseback. Uh, it originated in the 1780s um, by Thomas Jefferson. Brought that shit. Um, it's the number one fucking uh, ice cream flavor in the world. The old vanilla. Um, it's uh, it's a classic, man. Some nice vanilla again. Put some of that fucking chocolate syrup up on that. A little bit of whipped cream. Some nice vanilla. I feel vanilla is also a nice base too. It's the base for, you know, uh, all your like you put a little like a jelly in there. And it kind of you get like a jelly vanilla swirl, kind of like a strawberry, strawberry vanilla swirl. It's uh, vanilla ice cream also great with a nice piece of hot pie. You get a nice, uh, you know, you get a nice piece of blueberry, nice piece of apple, nice piece of apple pie. It's warm right out of the oven. I'm gonna get a scoop of vanilla. I'm gonna eat it up like I'm a felon. Oh yeah. It's pretty good. Um, number six on the list is, God, I can't even read my own writing nowadays, would be, um, I don't know, what is it? Oh, Superman. Otherwise known as superhero. I've also seen Superman um build as crazy cow in certain places crazy cow like the cow's milk is so fucking crazy he can't fucking you know um you can't even see straight um but uh also known as blue moon no blue moon is the blue flavor in in the the thing well okay so there's different there's different ones so the two the two origins the two places that claim that they they have the that they're the origin spot the point of origin for superman or superhero or crazy cow ice cream depending on where you're from is a stroh's ice cream says they invented it and that's a blue moon red pop lemon mix blue moon being the blue red pop being the red lemon being the yellow um house of flavors in ludington michigan also claims the the throne but they have a blue moon cherry lemon mix so it depends on who you fucking talk to i love some fucking superman ice cream um next on the list is pistachio it's uh usually a sorbet or a gelato And it's known in Syria by its name, Boza. It's green. It's got nuts. What's <laughs> not to love? Well, yes. Number four on the list is coffee. All the way back from 1869 in the Middle East, coffee-flavored ice cream was my grandma's favorite. It probably went... So deliciously with her menthol cigarettes. I like to put a scoop of coffee ice cream in a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm going to put a coffee-flavored ice cream scoop in my coffee. 
Number three on the list is chocolate ice cream originating in Italy. Hey, what's the matter, you? We invented a chocolate ice cream. In 1693, um, this modern Stewart magazine published a recipe for chocolate ice cream, making it the first published recipe. Probably had that shit before, but they were the first one to get on it. Um, you know, it's uh, it's before vanilla. And I feel it's the basis for all the delicious ice creams. I think chocolate is the chocolate in general is the basis for all delicious desserts in the world. You can keep, you know, as I stated earlier in song, a nice piece of fruit pie, warm fruit pie with a nice scoop of vanilla. That's a nice thing. But for me, this guy here, my taste, I'm a, uh, I'm a... <laughs> Chocolate, baby. Um, which leads us to number two on the most delicious flavors of ice cream. Chocolate chip. Uh, and I'm talking about the 31 flavors again. You know, I referenced my, all my good ice cream memories of a, as a kid stem from uh, the 31 flavors. That if uh, you're familiar with the uh, geography of the east side of Detroit in the late 70s, early 80s, I'm talking, it's on the corner of, I believe, whether it be Belfour and I guess it'd be Meringue. That 31 flavors. Call in. Call in if you think I'm right. Um, yes. But uh, that kind of chocolate chip, man. I think chocolate chip, I actually read a uh, an article on, uh, I don't know, Index Index Magazine article um, that said it's been overtaken by chocolate chip mint and cookie dough and um cookie cookie crunch like the oreo what do you call it cookies and cream you know uh i do i love a good chocolate chip though just a plain chocolate chip which has its roots in vanilla and then the chocolate of course the basis of all deliciousness together um i feel chocolate chip is also a good like if you're gonna get two scoops if you're gonna get like uh even like a like a raspberry sorbet and then a scoop of chocolate chip, just plain good old plain chocolate chip. Um, but as much as I am an advocate for chocolate chip that is not fucking right up to our number one. And that's mint chocolate chip. Uh, I'm talking the white kind, the green kind. I love it all. It was invented in 1973 by Marilyn Ricketts at uh, Devon College in England for Prince Anne's wedding. Um, And they say that eating some delicious ass mint chocolate chip ice cream reduces stress. And I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Um, Yeah, man. That's the fucking... That's the best shit. If you don't like it, we can fucking... We can fight. You know? You know what I'm saying? I gotta... Okay, see? See how that works? Well, you know, I'm working with some new sound effects here, folks. Got to bear with me, you know. Um, you know, my tech is, uh, <laughs> my, 
My tech's asleep at the wheel. My tech is asleep at the wheel. Yes, the wheel. Asleep at the wheel. Yeah. Don't go changing. Oh no. Um, sorry. Next up on our list is the movie trading motherfucking places. I watched this shit today. It's fucking excellent, dude. If you haven't seen Trading Places in a while, just I don't know, put on your TV. It's probably on <laughs> on there somewhere. Um 117 minutes. Uh a Paramount picture. Uh music by Nile Rodgers from uh Click, you might know him from uh what's the song? Uh all uh, oh, freak out. You always sex machine, all oh, freak out. Oh, you know what I mean, all oh, freak out. All right, so that wasn't the best version ever. Uh, John Landers uh, directed this motherfucker. Uh, it came out in 1988. It's about, stars Eddie Murphy as Akeem Joffer, the Prince of Zamunda, who... Uh, He's supposed to marry this chick, and then he doesn't want to, and he wants to marry a woman with soul, so he comes to, of all places, New York City, the home of soul. That's right. I'm rocking through the streets of New York, looking for soul lady. He wants a lady with intelligence and soul and independence that isn't programmed to do whatever he wants so him and his sidekick played by Arsenio Hall set out to America to find a wife Um, and here's 10 things about this masterpiece of a film coming to America Um, it raised uh, it made a 350 million dollars actually which is uh, not too shabby uh, so fact number 10 about coming to America is there's a coming to America two called coming to America with the number two in place of the word two. Um, this was to come out in December, 2020. Hold on. Let me get a sip of, uh, mm, mm, mm. Oh, it's good. Delicious. St. Pauli girl, non-alcoholic beer that this in every episode of <coughs> Sean News two top tens. Sponsored by St. Pauli Girls Non-Alcoholic Brew. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Um, so that's supposed to come out soon, man. December 2020. Uh, it's, the story basically is that uh, I guess before he met the chick uh, at McDowell's, uh, he messed around and he has a son in America. And Rick Ross is somehow in the movie too. So... Uh, is that going to be good? I don't know. I think it's directed by the same guy that maybe directed the, um, the Eddie Murphy thing, the Dolomite thing on Netflix. That was pretty good, right? I think so, yeah? Well, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, number nine on things about coming to America, McDowell's Restaurant. Um, <laughs> the, uh, McDonald's has the Big Mac. They got the Big Mac, um, you know? They got the golden arches. McDonald's, McDowell's is the golden arcs. Um, 
They have two all-beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions, but no seeds on the bun. Um, and it's run by Cleo McDowell, played by John Amos, um, who you might remember from Good Times. He was the dad on Good Times. It's nice to see John Amos with like a little bit of bread, you know, working hard and actually like reaping something. And he was just like driving the truck on Good Times. It's like he couldn't fucking, you know, it was always just like... Can I get ahead? Can I get a... No, no, no. Do you think I might be able to move out of the... For the last time, no. But am I going to die of a heart attack? Uh, 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 yes. Well, you know, that's how it goes. Um, and I guess in real life, there's a place called Fat Sal's located somewhere that they dress up every Halloween like uh, McDowell's. They wear the plaid uniforms and everything. Um, that'd be fun. That'd be fun to go to McDowell's. Go to Fat Sal's. <laughs> All dressed up like McDowell's. <laughs> Just like in the movie. Uh, number eight on Sean Nader's two top tens coming to America. Facts. Um, there's a picture. Now this is uh this is a deep this is a deep cut. So there's a point in the movie where Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall they they thwart a robbery. We're gonna get into that in a second. And as a reward they think that the boss invites him over, John Amos, um, Cleo McDowell, invites him over to his house for a party, but it's just to park cars at the party. Um, and when the party starts, there's a picture. It's a, it's a woman behind a bar, kind of dressed in old-timey clothes, and they kind of, it's on that, and then it pulls out, and then they show you the scene. Uh, that picture actually is a takeoff on a uh, Monet pick called uh, a bar athlulifa beverage um so just google monet bartender um but it's an 1882 oil on canvas it's like a bar attendant athlulifa beverage is the name of the picture but it's but instead of that picture it's exactly the same except the woman is black in the picture check it out it's a deep cut look at the scene google the painting am i right well, I... yes, 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 well, yes. Absolutely. Um, so check that out. That's a deep cut. That's a little hidden hidden, <laughs> hidden art nerd fact for you there. Uh, number seven on the list of things about coming to America, the barbershop. Uh, I love the barbershop. All the members of the barbershop, the, all the guys, the old guy that just sits in the chair and doesn't cut hair, the guy that cuts off Eddie Murphy's birth lock of hair. Um, all the characters are played by uh, Eddie Arsenio, Cuba Gooding Jr., and a guy named Clint Smith. Um, I think Clint Smith is the one, the one older, the actual real. But man, they're talking about fighting. And the old Jewish guy is played by Eddie Murphy. It's fucking, and he's killing it. A young Eddie Murphy playing the old Jewish man. And fucking killing it, too. Really, really good. But uh, love the barbershop. I think you could make a, like a spinoff sitcom of just the, just the barbershop, right? Barbershop from Coming to America. You know, I don't know. Number six on the list of things about coming to America on Sean Davis, two top tens. The first wife. So back right at the beginning of the movie, he uh, there was the wedding ceremony that's supposed to take place, and he meets the arranged marriage for the first time, and she's hot, and then he pulls her aside, and he's like, what kind of music do you like? She's like, whatever music you like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you know, do it. And he's like, can you bark like a dog? And she barks like a dog. He's like, bark like a big dog. Hop on one foot. Um... But when she's barking on the dog, am I the only one that thinks that's a little bit sexy? 
Uh, moving right along, number five on the list of things about coming to America is Louis Anderson, host of Family Feud, suspected fucking butt toucher. Big fan of Louis Anderson. Love his stand-up. Love his hosting on uh, Family Feud. Apparently he's a known pervert that would uh, try to hook people up with uh, auditions at the comedy store and then try to get guys to strip down to their underwear. Uh, admitted on a podcast, I think with, uh, I think it was a Mark Marin. Maybe not Mark Marin. It was somebody, but he admitted to being able to sit down and put, put away a loaf of bread in one, uh, in one sitting, which I really liked. It's just like toasting up a loaf of bread, just eating that motherfucker. So he, uh, his character in the movie is he works at the, uh, he works at McDowell's, um, the fake McDonald's, um. So that's fun. Number four on Sean Davis do top tens. Um, so there's a point in the movie. I call this Bo Staff Beatdown. <clears throat> the very beginning of the movie, before uh, Arsenio and Eddie go out to America, they have a they have a fight at the uh, in the in the homeland of Zamunda. Um, and they fucking you know. And they battle, and uh, well, you know sometimes you like the outcome, sometimes you don't. And uh, they battle, and uh, Eddie Murphy beats fucking uh, Arsenio with the bow staff. But you can tell there's been times where Arsenio is also taking it easy, maybe you know. Um, but later in the movie, when they are employed in uh, McDowell's, uh, a robber comes in, played by Samuel L. Jackson. And he, I'm, I think, he, I don't know, I think it's probably the only movie he has a gun and hasn't demanded the motherfucking something, because I think it had a PG rating, but he's definitely just like, give me the money, he's screaming, and, uh, you know, they, they whoop his ass with a fucking bow staff, then Arsenio Hall jumps over the counter and takes the gun from him, Samuel, ain't that a bitch? Number three on Sean Nader's two tap ten, facts, <laughs> items, thoughts about coming to America, um, the earrings that he sends the 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 the, the love interest um, in this rom com. That's really what this movie is too. It's a funny movie, but it's also a fucking rom com up the wazoo. Um, he uh, sends five hundred thousand dollar earrings to the lady, and then he gives it away to the old lady at that point on the subway because she's like. I will marry you if you really are a prince. Well, you're too old to marry. But here's these earrings. Anyway, and that leads us to number two, the subway. So there's a point where she runs away and he's trying to make it right. And it's such a, to support me, watch that rom-com ass shit. Chasing somebody in a crowded subway car. Is there more? That might be the uh, template for that move um i think i think it is uh but uh they have he chases her down to a subway a graffiti strewn subway car uh in 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 complete rom-com but it's such a 80s new york city you know the whole thing is fucking awesome um and then you know it kind of throws you off because you think you know this is a spoiler alert if you haven't seen fucking trading fucking or coming to fight. I said trading places. Coming to fucking America. Um, which is just to number one. Eric LaSalle, the guy, the soul glow, the, 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 the heir to the soul glow fortune. 
I have a personal story about Eric LaSalle, which I would like to communicate in song. Once coming back from a tour of Europe, I was slamming vodka on the tour bus and then got on the tram. Eric LaSalle was also on the tram to get on his airplane after what I'm presuming is a long journey in Europe as he looked tired. Man, we all were tired. And I was rapping, I was rapping, I was rapping. I think I said Soul Glow about 14 or 15 times. And he looked uncomfortable. And I bet he hopes. That he never sees me again. Oh, yeah. Eric LaSalle probably never wants to see me again. And I can't blame him. All right, everybody. That's it. We did it. Thanks for listening. Uh, I've been painting a lot of these crazy ass sun paintings and they're all available and I'm going to be doing some more fundraising with paintings uh, coming up soon. Um, thanks for listening. Follow me on Sean Nato's Two Top Tens on Twitter, on Facebook, Sean Nato's art page, and Sean Nato on Instagram. And um, peace on earth.